to 100 a day in October, terrified physicians and led them into contradictory modes of treatment. Welcome to McBurdo's expedition into the unknown and terrible. We have been stuck here in the ice for an eternity. Come into the captain's cabin and warm yourself before you head back out onto the decks. Welcome to my cabin. How long have we been trapped in this infernal ice pack? Or in the summer, tropical estuary. Writers can embellish on a story that they've heard, but hearing the words of someone who actually witnessed an event, sometimes shocking, always amazing. I have not read this before, so we're going to experience it together. I'm going to break in with my opinions. Chances are, as you are a crew member of the HMS Miser, you are not easily upset by the dark and terrible. I will warn you now that these may not have the most politically acceptable ideas or language because they come from the past and things were different then. Pandemics. Epidemics. Really, until I lived through one, they always held a rather special place in my heart from a research perspective being very interested as I am in the history of medicine. This is a really interesting one and I found a new book that has me rather excited. Literary eyes. Yellow fever isn't something that we hear much about. I mean, people get it, obviously, but it's not the scourge that it once was. But as soon we will be recording from our tropical location, it's something that we all have to worry about in the tropics. What will you do in the tropics, Rothgar? You're gonna be really warm, little kitten. Because <laughs> you're so plush. Look at how plush he is. Oh, he's adorable. We loves him. But he's very busy. So, today we are going to listen to Samuel Breck's diary account of when yellow fever in Philadelphia in 1793. Yellow fever was really serious in this time. Um, it came through cities and it just wiped them out. Google it! Google it! Google it! Philadelphia had 40,000 people and yellow fever killed 10%. That was pretty brutal. George Washington fled the city. Brick. A merchant says, I had scarcely become settled in Philadelphia when, in July 1793, the yellow fever broke out and spread rapidly in August. Obliged all the citizens who could remove to seek safety in the country. My father took his family to Bristol on the Delaware, and in the last of August I followed him. I was compelled to return to the city on the 8th of September and spend the 9th there. Everything looked gloomy, and 45 deaths were reported for the 9th. And yet, it was nothing then to what became three or four weeks later, when on the 1st to the 12th of October, 1,000 persons died. On the 12th, a smart frost came and checked its ravages, because it killed the mosquitoes. 
The horrors of this memorable affliction were extensive and heartrending, nor were they softened by professional skill. The disorder was in a great measure a stranger to our climate and was awkwardly treated. Its rapid march, being from 10 victims a day in August to 100 a day in October, terrified physicians and led them into contradictory modes of treatment. They, as well as the guardians of the city, were taken by surprise. <laughs> Having said that, I do have some thoughts. You know, were they, or did they just ignore the signs? Were people saying, hmm, this looks like yellow fever, maybe we should quarantine, and a whole bunch of people went, no, why would we do that? That's so stupid. Quarantining's for cowards. If people get taken by this plague, well, it's survival of the fittest. <sighs> I'm not bitter. I actually recently found out that a friend of mine died of COVID. I'm just angry. I'm really angry, and I know I'm not the only person. Because that's what pandemics do, but it's just such a way. No hospitals or hospital stores were in readiness to alleviate the suffering of the poor. For a long time, nothing could be done other than to furnish coffins for the dead and men to bury them. Throw me a frickin' bone here! At length, a large house in the neighborhood was appropriately fitted up for the reception of patients and a few preeminent philanthropists volunteered to superintend it. I love that. We'll still be the superintendents, but we're like not gonna do any nursing or anything because like, no, that's not what we do. At the head of them was Stephen Girard, who has since become the richest man in America. So who's Stephen Girard? Can I find this out? Two hours later. Stephen Gerard, born Etienne Gerard, was a naturalized American philanthropist, banker, and slave owner of French origin. Yay! He personally saved the US government from financial collapse during the War of 1812 and became one of the wealthiest people in America. Estimated to have been the fourth richest American of all time based on the ratio of his fortune to contemporary GDP. Well, there we go. He wasn't nursing anyone. Anyway, that came from Wikipedia. I cite my source. In private families, the parents, the children, and domestics lingered and died, frequently without assistance. The wealthy soon fled. The fearless or indifferent remained from choice, the poor from necessity. The inhabitants were reduced, thus, to one half of their number. Yet the malignant action of the disease increased, so that those who were in health one day were buried the next. The burning fever occasioned paroxysms of rage which drove the patient naked from his bed into the street and in some instances to the river where he was drowned. Insanity was often the last stage of the horrors. I would read that about it making you get up and run. I've only really studied yellow fever globally because there are a ton of yellow fever epidemics in the United States in particular. But in particular, yellow fever was a scourge during the building of the Panama Canal. It was a, an American surgeon, a military surgeon, Girdles, who used the information from this Cuban doctor, whose name has totally gone out of my mind, to the really said it was from a mosquito because before then, you know, of course, it was my asthma. It was bad air. It wasn't a mosquito. No, 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 no. It was bad smells and dankness. 
Counting on the comparative security of his remote residence from the heart of town, he, we, we've had an ellipse, so I don't know who he we are talking about, ventured to brave the disorder and fortunately escaped its attack. He told me that in the height of the sickness, when death was sweeping away its hundreds a week, a man applied to him for leave to sleep one night on the stable floor. The gentleman, like everyone else, inspired with fear and caution, hesitated. Do you bring disease to my house? The stranger pressed his request, assuring him that he had avoided the infected parts of the city, that his health was very good, and promised to go away at sunrise the next day. Under these circumstances, he admitted him to his stable for that night. At the peep of day, the gentleman went to see if the man was gone. On opening the door, he found him lying on the floor, delirious and in a burning fever, fearful of alarming his family. He kept it secret from them and went to the committee of health to ask to have the man removed. Get him out of my house, Actually, it was nice that he let him stay. Let's be honest, it was. That committee was in session day and night in the city hall in Chestnut Street. The spectacle around was new, for he had not ventured for some weeks so low down in town. The attendants on the dead stood on the pavement in considerable numbers soliciting jobs, and, until employed, they were occupied in feeding their horses out of the coffins which they had provided in anticipation of the daily wants. That's so grim. <laughs> I mean, just picture it. Yeah, the people, hey, we're here to haul the dead. Look, I brought coffins. Oh, I gotta feed my horse. I'll just put some hay in the coffin. Eat horse. The past was awesome. This is gonna sound really insensitive, but sometimes I think that we take ourselves way too seriously today. I mean, that is horrible. It really is. But there are some people who will be like, how dare you laugh? How dare you find that amusing? And it's not, it's just, I have, I have black humor. I'm a military historian. With some of the things I've read, if I didn't laugh, I'd cry a lot. These speculators were useful and, albeit with little show of feeling, contributed greatly to lessen, by competition, the charges of internment. The gentleman passed through these callous spectators until he reached the room in which the committee were assembled and from whom he obtained the services of a quack doctor none other being in attendance. Now, Mr. Evil. Dr. Evil, I didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Ah yes, the quack doctor. Two leeches, a bit of cat's pee, mixed with the hair of a baby, and my patented snake venom mixture, and he'll be fine. That'll be 50% of everything you earned yesterday. They went together to the stable where the doctor examined the man and told the gentleman that at 10 o'clock he would send a cart with a suitable coffin into which he requested to have the dying stranger placed. Yes, don't get him an ambulance. We'll send him a cart and a coffin and then if he lives, we have a coffin. And if he dies, well, it's not hard to bury him now, is he? The poor man was then alive and begging for a drink of water. His fit of delirium had subsided, his reason had returned, yet the experience of the soi disant doctor enabled him to foretell that his death would take place in a few hours. It did so, and in time for his corpse to be conveyed away by the cart at the hour appointed. Hooray! This sudden exit was of common occurrence. The whole number of deaths in 1793 
by yellow fever was more than 400,000. And I found this in Pandemics and Global Health by Barry Youngerman, but the actual source is in Albert Bushnell Hart's American History Told by Contemporaries, Volume 3, from 1929. And I'm trying to get a copy of that because you know it's going to be good stuff, isn't it? So there you have it. A little yellow fever. Is it a good thing? It's not a good thing. What do you think of the, the illness posts? Do we like illness? Do we have pandemic fatigue? Maybe I should look for something about monkeypox. Haha, ha. that's yesterday's news. Now you know when I recorded this. Hooray! Oh, don't do that, Niblet. Niblet! Come on, Niblet! No, 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 oh god. You, go there. 